Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello, Trojan fans. Welcome to the Parastyle Podcast on a Monday. We've got to talk some USC Trojan football. Summer workouts are starting. The offseason is going to be in full swing, and that means fall camp can't be that far away, the 2019 football season, and some positive momentum for this USC Trojan football team. We're going to talk about all of that with Coach Harvey Hyde, who's joining us today. You can follow him on Twitter, at Coach Harvey Hyde, or go to his website, HarveyHyde.com. If you have any questions or comments for us, we love to answer them for you. Podcast at uscfootball.com is the email address, or if you'd rather call or text us, you can do that too. 424-254-9141 is the number. Send us a text, leave us a voicemail. We'd be happy to play it or read it and then share our thoughts on whatever is on your mind about USC Trojan football. And we want to find out what's on Coach Harvey Hyde's mind. So we got him on the line. What is up, Coach? How you doing? Well, I'm feeling good. I just got my workout in. And I'll tell you, it is warm outside. So if you're going to work out, if you're a walker, I don't know if you're a walker, go to the mall because it's air conditioning. But you better get up early or walk late at night. Or if you work out in the gym, get in there because it's air conditioning. But, you know, every day is game day, Ryan. So you got to be ready to play. Got to be ready to play on game day. I got my workout in this morning too, coach. I was a 6 a.m. Uh, spin class basically did that. And I did a little weights and stuff afterwards. So you got to get ready for the, I always feel good. You get up early. It sucks waking up early on a Monday, but you get your workout in. You feel ready for the rest of the day. So podcast like this is a breeze. It's all downhill after the workout is done. I swear I'm so relieved mentally because if I don't get that workout in mentally all day, I feel like I cheated myself. Yeah, we don't want to do that. And, uh, you know, sometimes it seems like cheating when you're talking about USC football. It's just easy. You know, there's always something weird going on. There's not, there's never a struggle for us to get some content. Sometimes it's positive news. Sometimes it's negative news. But, Coach, it's been pretty positive over the last couple of weeks. It seems like there was a really big low point back in January. You know, you had Cliff Kingsbury he left. Uh, Brew McCoy, the five-star signing, the highest-ranked player in the class, he's like, I'm out. You know, we talked about him last time you were on the show. Uh, Strength and conditioning coach Ivan Lewis and takes a couple of his assistants up to Seattle to go with Pete Carroll, and it just seemed like there wasn't a whole lot of positive stuff going on. But, you know, bring in a Graham Harrell. um, You know, solidify the coaching staff. You bring in Aaron Osmus at the strength and conditioning coach, and you go through spring football, and they're like, hey, you know, this team actually looks pretty good. And then over the last couple of weeks, you get some roster additions. You know, we talked about Brew McCoy, uh, Chris Steele, who is another, inter- you know, between Brew McCoy and Chris Steele, you're not going to find too many more interesting recruiting fiascos where you're talking about a, a you know, four, four or five-star player uh, going to a program. He actually went to Florida, went through spring football, entered the transfer portal, almost immediately committed to Oregon, then backed off that commitment. And now he's going to end up at USC. So that's pretty interesting. And then uh, Avalis Jones, who was in the NCAA transfer portal, who a lot of people felt uh, would do really well in this type of offense. He's coming back. He announced he's coming back. And even a Matt Fink, you know, uh, one of the backup quarterbacks who, you know, 
played pretty well when he was in last year. Uh, he's going to come back as well. So some really interesting positive momentum, coach. I could say you could say for Clay Helton and the Trojans over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I would say it's very interesting. Uh, players take a look around and find out they didn't have a very bad deal at USC, and uh, <clears throat> uh, like McCoy and Steele, uh, they're young kids. They go away from home, go to Florida. It's not the same. Go to Texas. It's not the same. I understand that kids make mistakes and the door was open for them to come back and I think Steele might still be a little confused when he mentioned going to Oregon and now going back to uh, USC and I'm sure they use the topic that hey if you're homesick at Florida you'll be homesick at Oregon so why don't you just come where you're going to come in the first place and be a part of our program because we need you so I think that's great Uh, as far as them being eligible I really don't know what's going to happen with that I really don't care what's going to happen with that because I think when they come back, uh, they need to go through spring practice. They haven't been in spring practice. They're both probably good enough to play. But again, when a player leaves you and then comes back, you've got to have the respect of your team and you've got to, you know, treat them. They're not on the depth chart because they haven't done anything to be on the depth chart yet. Now you look at the other players that left and so on, you know, Matt Fink, great kid. He went through spring practice, and he was probably, as you and I discussed, fourth on the depth chart. Got discouraged and wanted to leave or take a look around and looked at some of the schools and said, you know what, I'd rather be at USC and maybe be a backup than to go to some of these other schools, or maybe really when it came down to it, uh, the schools that offered him really wasn't that attractive. So, hey, you know, he went through spring, found out what it was, got depressed, thought he had a good spring probably in his own mind, and uh, he came back. Now, the other kids didn't even go through spring practice. And, uh, you know, I don't really respect that as far as leaving your team and, and going somewhere and then coming back. But, you know, myself, they wouldn't be on the depth chart either because they haven't been through spring. They chose to go somewhere else. They weren't willing to compete, even if they were at a level on the depth chart that they felt they didn't get a starting position. I'll take them back because of, uh, you know, the depth that we need, but they're not going to be on the depth chart. They're going to have to prove themselves to not only the coaches, but to the team as far as taking someone back that wanted to leave. Plus, if they, uh, I might even redshirt them if they had a redshirt year because I'd want my younger players to get turns that came in. And some of the players coming back, are they going to really contribute to the program? And uh, would I rather have freshmen taking turns rather than somebody else? So there's a lot to look at, and you've got to handle it really properly as far as Coach Clay Helton does. As far as the way the team accepts these kids back, the way the coaches treat these kids, and they got to understand they didn't want to be a part of the Trojan football program. They went away. Now, the first two, McCoy and Steele, different situation. McCoy got confused. I understand what he went through with the offensive coordinator leaving. He listened to other people. Probably people told him, you better leave like everybody else is. Found out he made a mistake and came back. Found out it's a little bit different in Florida as far as the Florida kids, and they probably were on him pretty hard uh, as far as, you know, being from California and, uh, you know, that, all of that. But kids do that and fun, too. And same thing in Texas. But they're back, and the other ones, they got to prove to me they deserve to be back. Coach Helton took them back. They don't count as far as new scholarships, so that's not bad. But as far as them working their way back on, hey, They're going to have to be scout team for a while. They're going to have to do what they have to do. They didn't go through spring practice. 
So, you know, they have some ground to make up, Brian. And, and that's really, Ryan, that's really the way I feel on that. I know a lot of people, a lot of your podcasts and your guys feel it's, it's a great deal. I think it's great, too. But, again, you've got to prove yourself to the team. And it's really important to how these players accept players that come back after they didn't want to be a part of the team. Yeah, that's an interesting point there, Coach, because the when a player enters the NCAA transfer portal, it, it allows other programs to recruit that player. So it kind of it puts them on the market, basically. But it's up to the coaching staff, the administration of the school where the player left or you know entered the portal if they would want to bring him back. That some schools, I think Herm Edward does this. If you I, it was a, it was sim- I think it's similar to what you're saying. If you decide you're going to go enter the transfer portal, and in a case like Bayless Jones, he missed spring football, you know, so he left his team for that really important part where you're installing a new offense. If at certain programs, you would be you would be kicked out. You're not allowed to come back. So a guy like a Matt Fink or a guy like a Bayless Jones or even a Greg Johnson who was only in the portal a little while, guys that entered the portal and came back, Certain programs make the decision. Uh, hey, if you go, if you decide you're going to go look at other schools, we're done with you. Um, I'm curious to see if that's if you were a head coach right now, if that's the way you would look at it. And then you know, you've already said you'd still be cautionary bringing these guys back. I, I think Clay Helton's been uh, very welcoming, even when a guy like a Brew McCoy, uh, you know, was enrolled and decided to transfer out. He was very uh, courteous and, and was like, you know, I want what's best for you. And that probably opened up the door for him to actually return because he didn't burn any bridges on the way on the way out. Uh, same thing with Chris Steele was a long time commitment. But curious to see what your thoughts on the transfer portal would be, coach, if you were head coach now and you got to, uh, you know, if, if you would shut the door on some of these players that would enter the transfer portal saying, I, I want to leave the program. Well, it would depend, too, on. Uh their conversations regarding leaving the program, why they left the program. Did they badmouth the program? Did they try to convince others to go with them? Uh, there's a lot that you have to evaluate in an individual as far as did he do it for one reason or another and uh, uh, all of the above. Now, McCoy, uh, a lot of times when I recruited, it wasn't just transfer students. I lost a lot of players, but I always let those players know that if it isn't what it's supposed to be, the door is always open for you to come back. I did that when I was at a community college, and I lost players to four-year schools, and if it's not what it was supposed to be and they didn't tell you the right things, then come back here, play a year or two, and we'll move you on. So, you know, uh, you've got to look at the whole picture of what's behind the scenes and what really happened as far as did they leave clean? Was there any bad-mouthing going on? Did they try to convince others to go with them? I know a bunch of them all left at the same time. I'd look into that, and I'd want to know why, and I'm sure Clay Health knows that already. And, uh, you know, so you've got to look at the whole thing as far as bringing someone back, and when they come back, you certainly do sit them down with their position coaching yourself, and you explain exactly what we expect and exactly what you've missed and exactly where you're going to work your way back up, because you're not going to come back and take the spot of somebody who was here the entire time going through the new program, new coaches, uh, and, uh, you know, practiced 15 days with us and was a Trojan the whole time. So you've got to let people know the rules and regulations. You don't just bring them back and then all of a sudden they say, why am I, why am I the bottom of the list or why I'm not on the depth chart? Because you, never did, you didn't do anything to be on the depth chart. 
when you start doing things to be back on the depth chart, we'll put you on the depth chart. Because right now, uh, you've got to work your way back and prove to us that you really do want to be a Trojan. Yeah, and I think that's uh, something that the staff is going to have to deal with and make sure that those players are there uh, for the right reasons. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. We had so, But a lot of stuff happened kind of in, in a row, and maybe there's a little bit of momentum, Coach. Uh, things just kind of turning in the right direction. Like I said, in January, things were pretty dire. And, you know, you could see people deciding to transfer out or, you know, like, like Brew McCoy, things like that. But then now you see like, oh, well, strength and conditioning coach that seemed better right now. Oh, the spring football, the team looks way more efficient offensively. It should be a lot more fun to play in this kind of system. And it seemed like that built some momentum. And then now you're seeing some players like, oh, I would actually come back there. It's not as crappy as I thought it was. But for all of them to happen kind of close to each other, we get this question comes up a lot. It was a text question. It's like, hey, what's the real reason all these people decided to either stay or come back to USC? It's very confusing. Um, I, I kind of think it's it's individual reasons, but I do feel like the momentum factor played a part where it's easier for Chris Steele to come once Brew McCoy comes. What, what are your thoughts on that, Coach? Well, I think that works in recruiting at the same time when you start to get great players then that player starts recruiting for you too. And that's the way recruiting always is. And I think that kids sometimes do make a mistake and uh, you've got to give, if it wasn't for me getting a couple of chances, heck, I don't know where I would have been. And I think kids deserve a second chance, but I think they got to pay a price for the second chance. I think that's just something that if you really want to be a Trojan, then you come back and prove this, you want to be a Trojan and you work your way back into us believing that, not talking that. And uh, if you really wanted to see what it was going to be like, you could have stayed like Matt Fink did and then found out where he was in the depth chart, found out he couldn't play according to their evaluation, and then take a look around. Now, I don't hold that against him as much as I do someone that decides I'm bailing and then I'll come back and be in equal terms. No, I I don't think that's right. And I think that uh, I don't know how many of those players – you talk about Steele and McCoy. I don't know. I haven't seen them on the field out there. But how many of those players are going to make you a better football team? As far as for next year, next September, August 31st when you kick off, how many of those kids are going to really make a difference in the Fresno State game or the Stanford game or those games right now, the ones that came back? I don't know because my job is on the line possibly. So i got to make sure that the players that you know, jump in the foxhole with me are the guys that are going to, you know, uh, be the ones that I'm going to make sure I take care of. Yeah. Uh, we also had a question from uh, Curtis in Marino Valley. He called in, but had some sort of really terrible connection. It was really hard to understand him, but from piecing together the words I could get, um, he was talking about maybe, you know, I think building on this momentum coach and getting a whole bunch of other five stars to transfer into the program from other schools. And, Real quick, Curtis, for me, if that's really what you were intending, um, that there's some issues there because you, can, you can't just bring in infinite transfers. USC is pretty much full at this point with initial counters, initial scholarships. They didn't even have a spot for Chris Steele. Uh, and then rumors about one of the players that's in the 2019 class wasn't going to be academically eligible, which would open up a spot. But the transfer rules are, are pretty clear as far as how the scholarships count. You transfer in, it's like you bring in someone to the recruiting class. So we've seen certain schools, and Illinois is one of them that's taking actually three USC transfers, um, leave spots open in their recruiting class 
in case you get transfers, more of an immediate need, trying to fill an immediate need. For places like USC that recruit really well out of high school, I don't see that happening as much. So I think there'll always be a spot or two open for uh, Drew Richmond or someone like that to kind of transfer in. Really weird situation with Brew McCoy and Chris Steele. But I, I could see the occasional Drew Richmond sort of thing happening. But I don't think, Curtis, that you're going to see mass massive transfers of five stars coming into USC um, because there's just not going to be spots that way. And maybe they tweak the rules a little bit, Coach. Maybe they, the transfers don't count as initial counters. Or if you lose... Like if, if 10 guys transfer out, you could have five guys transfer in and not count against you. But the way it's set up now, Curtis, I don't see that really happening. But get, get your thoughts on that, Coach. No, I don't think that'll happen. Uh, I think sometimes people look and say, oh, it's nice to get him back. But I don't think other players are going to make a, a move if they're happy where they are and they've made that commitment to the program. I think what you got to worry about is recruiting some other new five stars. Right now, that's not happening. I think you got to get out there and prove to people that the program's for real and it's positive as far as new players out there. They're going to make a difference at USC and where they're headed in the program as far as the near future. So, you know, you can't worry about uh, winning with transfers. I mean, not, you're never going to win with transfers. You're not going to get enough of them and it's not going to make a difference. So, yeah, you'll take one or two because they can play like the Tennessee kid, the big tackle that came in. He should contribute. We'll see how he plays. He brings a little of Southeastern Conference with him. And if he, you know, if he can push the guys and make them a better offensive line, that's great for offense, the offensive uh, system for, for USC. But if you start taking too many four-year transfers, you're not going to get it done. You've got to start them when they're young. You've got to bring them in. They've got to grow up in the program. And there's always a reason someone's leaving a program. There's always a reason. And I want to know why they're leaving the program. They weren't good enough. They didn't compete. They couldn't compete academically. They wouldn't go to class. I want to know why they're transferring. And I really used to study that and find out the exact reasons. Yeah. Um, and I think in this case, there's different reasons kind of for everyone. There's a lot of really weird, unique situations. I don't think they're all lumped in together. But my theory of momentum, I think that kind of uh, holds true a little bit. We have, let's see, we got a question from, uh, Ron in Georgia. Let me read it for you. I've been a listener for the past three years of the podcast and enjoy all the great work and content provided. Thanks, Ron. Uh, especially to fans not living in the West Coast. I've been a fan since the 03 04 season and I was spoiled by the end of the Pete Carroll era, even in the South, when the 90s Miami teams, I was never a football fan until I watched USC play. My team just had, uh, I mean, sorry, that team just had it that rivaled my love for Duke basketball, and I've been a fan ever since. My question for Coach Hyde, realistically, how many years before USC is back in the conversation as a perennial title contender? Will it take coaching, new leadership, uh, with a new president coming in, or even self-evaluation to get back to where the team belongs? Thanks for all you do. Fight on, Ron from Georgia. Well, that's a hard question to answer, depending what the university and what they expect uh, is the level of competition and where they want to play at what level. First of all, you've got to make a commitment to, to football or any sport uh, to be successful. Everybody's trying to win. It's not just USC. And to play at the levels of Ohio State and Clemson and Alabama and those schools is a whole different story. I mean, uh, you know, they're paying their coaches $2 million for assistant coaches, $5 million head coaches, and even more. So they make a commitment, and that football coach uh, – 
you know, probably really answers only to the president. I mean, yes, the athletic director is important, but the regions have to approve his his contract and that type of money for his assistant coaches and whatever. I don't see USC uh, making that type of commitment as far as at that level, as far as salaries, yet it is far more expensive to live here than it is down there in the South. But I think uh, a major, major type of thing has to happen as far as to them, like Clay Helton has to have an unbelievable year this year, I mean unbelievable year, to get it back to where kids want to come. Right now, what are they ranked, 40th in the country or below that in recruiting? That doesn't really stand out as far as recruits wanting to go to USC, and there's no indication that I should go there or want to go there. The only way I'd want to go there right now is USC is a big-time winner next year. So that's how important it is. And I think the, a statement also would be if they ever did make a coaching change, which I'm not suggesting when I talk about that. I'm just answering the question that they bring somebody in that has proven it and done it and bring coordinators in and coaches in that are proven coaches of quality with experience, with bowl game experiences, with national championship experiences, and you're not afraid to pay them. And I'm not suggesting names. I'm just suggesting the way you get people's ears are to prove that you're willing to put your money up with your mouth is, and it's important to USC with the renovation in the Coliseum to compete in the Pac-12. Oregon is doing it. Other schools are doing it. Washington is a team you got to go after. When you read the preseason publications, you see USC third in the south in most of the publications. And you look at Washington, you look at Washington State, you look at Oregon, you look at Stanford. As other teams in the Pac-12, realistically, you got a ways to go to, to compete because I think you'll be underdogs in those games if you play them. So uh, you are a nine-and-a-half-point underdog against Washington. And Utah, you're an underdog, and Utah's favorite to win the South in most preseason publications. So you've got to make a statement. And the way, under the current situation of what it is, and, and now with all the, you know, some of the stuff that's going on in the media and the stuff in the past, the, all the thoughts of what might happen and this and that, that doesn't help you as far as in the athletic office. So there's one way of solving that, and that's win and win big. And if you win and you win big, then people take notice. Win and win big, and they will take notice. Yeah, it's a really hard question to answer. I agree with Coach there. Um, you know, I don't think the way the staff is put together, I think it's going to be a big improvement. I'm not sure that this is built to be a championship sort of team, uh, but this is really going to be a prove-it year, even the first six games, because I think you'll know through the first six games of like, okay, this is uh, the type of, you know, this team could build and become better over the next couple of years, and and try to make a playoff, or you can go, this isn't the right direction. Even after all the changes, it's still not close, and you need to bring in new leadership. So uh, I think a lot's going to change between now and the you know later in the summer after Carol Folt comes in. Will there be more of a shakeup in the athletic department? I mean, there's a, there's so many questions between now and then, it's just really hard to say. But uh, thanks, Ron. I'm glad, you know, it's, it's funny that he just became a USC fan because he liked watching the team. And I know a lot of USC fans want to get back to that, to, to be in a really fun, exciting team. And what we've seen in the offense, I think there's some potential there. So we'll see. Um, Coach, one last thing for you. We mentioned a couple weeks ago about uh, changes to Salute to Troy. And those, just to let people know, we had some questions on it. The changes that we talked about weren't, they're not officially announced yet. This is something that uh, I talked to a USC official that they're, they're 
working on now to you know solidify everything. But Clay Helton was out on his speaking tour and talking about this. Essentially, what they want to do is take uh, Salute to Troy, which used to be like a barbecue, uh, you know, cookout kind of thing where the players would come after practice on Cromwell Field. And you get up and, and you know, they'll, they'll speak and introduce the team and things like that. And you'd have players sitting at your tables, eat some uh, barbecue chicken, things like that. Um, they're going to change that to more of a open sort of scrimmage event on their planning for uh, August 17th right now at the Coliseum where you could go check out your seats and the new renovations, all that. It would actually put Trojan fans butts in seats before Rams fans because the Rams have a, a preseason game the following week before USC opens with Fresno State. So it seemed like a really good idea. Um, and I just want to let people know that it's not been, if you were looking for it, it hasn't been officially announced. This is just something Clay Helton was talking about on his speaking tour. But coach, I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on that. Well, first of all, uh, him saying that, uh, more or less tells me that's what they're working on and that's what's in his mind. And if that's what's in his mind, I commend him. First of all, you've got a new stadium. You say, oh, it's not a new stadium. It's a new stadium for the Trojans. They've never been on the turf. Uh, they are going to be looky-lookies on game day when they go in there. Ooh, look at the new locker room. Ooh, look at the new press box. And all the above of things that you look at when you go there when you're supposed to be getting ready for a football game. So there's no question in my mind I'd get on that playing field as often as I can. That's our home field. I don't know uh, who's going to tell me not to. If you're behind the football program, I'd have several night practices there, not just on the 17th, and when I say night practices, your first two games are at night at 7.30 p.m., so why wouldn't you want to put your players in a position where they get used to the lights, new lights, they get used to the surroundings, they get used to everything. In fact, I'd even take them to a hotel and go through all the pregame taping, pregame meals, the whole thing, and that's what I talk about, getting serious about your football program, not having the AD or somebody tell me, oh, you can't go in the stadium because it'll ruin the turf. Well, hell, you built the stadium for us to get good and get in there. Don't tell us we can't play on it. We only play on it six or seven times a year. So that's the first thing. I'd get in there, and I'd have a lot of night practices, and it'd be cooler then as far as for everyone. It'd be a great atmosphere, nice tailgating. Get in there, and I'd make it like a regular game situation with the coaches go into the press box, they can become familiar with the new views and angles and headsets and everything they're going to be using and have a regular game with officials, the whole thing. I mean, with the clock, the 25-second clock, where the hell is the 25-second clock or 30-second clock, whatever the damn seconds are. I want my quarterback to know where I'm supposed to look and get used to calling the plays and run it and get it going. All of those type of things you can't look at game day. You've got to be prepared for them before what type of cleats to use, what length of cleats, the whole type of type of shoes, everything on the new turf so you don't slip and slide and all of the above. So I can't see any reason why they wouldn't do it, and I don't know why they just don't announce it. I don't know if it's a big secret or not, but as a head football coach or whatever, I'd say, hey, guys, we're going to work out there as we get closer to the game two or three times a week because we got to get used to our new stadium, our stadium we represent, our fans come to it. The fans can come and really enjoy the new seats. I think it's a great idea, but they haven't announced it yet. But if I was a head coach at USC, I wouldn't want anybody telling me when I can use our stadium to practice. Yeah, no, I don't, and I don't think they are. I think the only restrictions would be 
if it's done yet or if, you know, if they can get in there safely. I mean, how hard is it, Ryan? How hard is it to, to make arrangements to practice in your home stadium? No, no, I'm just saying, like, if there's still, like, cranes and stuff, then, yeah, you probably can't practice. But I, I feel like, you know, maybe all the concession stands aren't going to be done by then. Even by the who knows. if they, they may, Some of that stuff might not be well, done. Well, there's by a first. week. That the, the Rams play there the next week. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm saying I think they're going to be oh, cutting no, it all close. You. <laughs> no, no, no. I, you I, know I, what just, I mean? Yeah, no, I know what you're saying. And I, I, but I feel like this is a good idea. I'm not sure why they haven't announced it yet. I talked to, like I said, a USC representative, and uh, they know Clay Helton's out there uh, talking about it when he's on his speaking tour. They just haven't finalized. I think they want to finalize all the details to make sure it's going to work. But uh, I think it's a it's a great thing where you you maybe you still have. They used to have like the uh, in and out trucks for the spring game, you know, for the Trojan huddle. Maybe they do something like that, or maybe they do like a barbecue kind of thing again. Um, but, you know, could you go see if you're a season ticket holder, go see uh, where your seats are going to be and uh, get a, you know, and, and they mentioned to me, like even actually getting a, a view of the tower and going to check that out. So say you have like, you know, not great seats, you're in the end zone or something, and you're not going to be in that scholarship tower, but for this Salute to Troy event, you maybe go get to check it out and you get a tour. So I think it's a really cool idea. Maybe it's just some of the details are working out, but I, I think Trojan fans are going to respond to this, uh, especially because there are some positive things that have been happening. And if, you know, nothing really bad, no one like, like JT Daniels doesn't get like a season ending, season ending knee injury over the summer or something to, to depress people. But as long as everything's kind of keeps going this way, I think you'll get a lot of people to show up for this and, and check it out. And it's, you know, it's historic, like 90 something years of the Coliseum. You haven't had anything like this ever. So uh, it's, I think it's a pretty big deal. And I think it's a good move. Uh, if USC does finally dot all the I's and cross the T's and, uh, and pulls this off. Well, if they don't do it, they're not showing me they have the commitment to the football program. I'll just say that here on the podcast, because you've got to do things that help you win. And that helps you win getting in practice in your own stadium get nice film, high film uh, to, to be able to coach off of and so on. Also, if you're a fan, you want to go to the first game, Fresno State game, and figure out how where you're going to park. They ought to have parking passes for the people, where they park, so when they go to the first game, they know exactly how to find their way in so they, they, they can become uh, accustomed to the new stadium and where they get in and what gate they should use. It's all what you call customer service, Ryan. Customer service, people are paying big dollars for their tickets. So why not give them the same type of courtesy back and also get better as a football team? No, and I think you're exactly right on the customer service aspect. Because, you know, you, you could say that a lot of times, you could, you know, in general, the USC attitude's been like, hey, we're here, people are going to show up. But we've seen attendance go down. Uh, we've seen USC potentially shift to an easier type of schedule to get more home games. Um, you know, we, the SEC is doing the exact opposite. They're trying to schedule tougher because they want people to come to the, the games. And they upset a lot of people with the renovation. If you don't either like the renovation or they've longtime season ticket holders had to move or pay more money. So I think that there's enough of a sour taste in a lot of the USC fans' mouths about this. You know, they're getting their new seats and all that kind of stuff that you want to focus on what you said, Coach. If you give them great customer service, you're like, you know what? We know there were some hiccups and stuff in the past, but going forward, we're going to make this a really wonderful experience for you. You're going to have Wi-Fi, bigger seats, all these things. I think you can kind of earn some of that back. Some of the, you know, you, you lost some, I don't want to say credibility, but 
you lost uh, some of the fans were you know upset about the way this had gone down. So if you come into this with a cool event like that and giving everyone you know really good customer service and making them feel like hey it was worth it all this money that was spent I got to pay a little bit extra things like that instead of going to StubHub for three games a year and and buying some tickets. I'm going to actually keep my season tickets whole, you know, my season tickets. And I think that would be a really good move. So you're, I think you nailed it, coach. Give them great customer service at this point. Don't act like, hey, we're USC. You're going to show up no matter what. If you give them great customer service, I think you can win some of those people back that you maybe put off a little. No, you can, Ryan. You really can. But how many people do you know say, oh, it's not worth it. I'm not going over there. I can't even find a parking place. It's all chaos. Uh, people that get off the freeway and, uh, somebody's running the corner, doesn't even know what's going on. I mean, I'm just throwing this out. I mean, people can agree or disagree. That's just my opinion, as I tell everybody. So, you know, I think that's important. And the same thing to the media. I mean, customer service to the media. Now, as far as us going into practice to watch practice, they don't want us in practice. That's a decision of the head football coach and not someone else. The head football coach doesn't want us there. I understand that 100%. I really do, because that's his desires. So, but if he does and we do go in, then be a little bit courteous when it's 105 degrees, have something that uh, media can stand under. They give you a one little area where you can stand, maybe have uh, a cooler there where people can drink water and maybe a, a little stand that people can sit on. And then also how about the fans that come, the parents and so on, maybe be a little bit more hospitable to them. Uh, have maybe a, uh, a a truck outside where they can buy a drink or get a sandwich or do something where they feel like they're being taken care of. And how about putting a porty potty a couple of places <laughs> so people can go to the bathroom? I mean, Ryan, there's no bathrooms to go to when you go to the practice facility. Everything's locked. Even the building sometimes is locked if the one bathroom is in. So I'm talking about be big time. If you're going to be big time, act big time. And, of course, as far as closing the practices, hey, if the head football coach wants to close his practice, I support him 100%. But if you let us in, Clay help make sure that the media area is first class for all the people that cover you. I like it, Coach. Being in the media area, it would be nice to have a little first-class room there. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll deal with it, whatever we got. But thank you, Coach. For coming on. Oh, you're getting rid of me, huh? You're getting rid of me. I'm getting too fired up, huh? You're a little fired up now. <laughs> it's all right. You know, we'll give you a break. Um, yeah, good stuff. So we'll we'll see if USC can kind of build on this momentum uh, throughout the offseason. Oh, one thing. Sure. One thing before you get rid of me. Uh, you talked about injuries in the summers. Fortunately, nothing's happened. You know what I mean. You always somebody gets hurt or something happens. So right. We talk about it. I really didn't ever want to talk about it as a football coach as far as somebody get hurt. But I wanted to always make sure I knew what was going on so that if somebody did injure themselves or so on, I had approved that drill or I had proved what's going on so I understood what happened, okay? Now, I saw a video, and I don't know, you've probably seen the video too or whatever, that they have a tug-of-war, a tug-of-war. Now, yes. I don't know, well, this tug-of-war, to me, as a head football coach, I see nothing that you get out of it except the possible injury where you pull a muscle off your bicep, uh, you tear a knee, you twist an ankle, or you fall and everybody runs over you. I don't see what they say. I think it, competes, it teaches you to compete or whatever it is. Hey, there's a way of injuring you. And I don't want anyone to get injured. But if I was a head football coach, I'd never allow that drill. Never. Interesting. 
So the the Aaron Ausmus comes in and it's definitely a different philosophy. We actually put up a story. Uh, Taylor Ashton, former USC defensive back, has been writing a few pieces for us, and he uh, knows Aaron Ausmus. He was under, you know, when when he was there, Aaron Ausmus was one of the strength coaches, and he uh, he had some really you know glowing things to say about Aaron Ausmus. And and competition is definitely one of those things. He'll put people on teams, so it's not just like try to beat your personal best. They'll be teamed up for different events or things like that. And I think uh, the tug of war is, uh, is one of those. Uh, I wasn't, I'm not aware of people getting injured doing that, but I, I guess I could see that was happening, but I think that's the thought process, thought process behind it, coach, where there's, he splits them up into groups and then, you know, you want your group to be able to beat the other group for whatever, whatever you're doing, whatever reason. So I think, I think that's what the thinking was behind it. Well, that's, that's fine, but make it a football uh, drill. Make it somewhere where you get better as a football player. If you're going to pull trucks and get into the, uh, a big man straight contest where they pull those semis and so on, that, that'd be a good drill. <laughs> but, but this is not part of football. I mean, see how many passes you can catch in a row, uh, or see how many, uh, like you say, bench presses, how many you can do of those, something you're tested with what I'm sure they do. And I'm not criticizing him as an individual, I'm saying as a head football coach, I would want to know every single activity that's happening in my off-season program. And to me, that one seems like one that doesn't relate to football. It doesn't make me a better football player. Uh, I can compete in different ways. And uh, that's all I'm throwing out. But I saw that, and I couldn't believe it when I saw it. That's all. All right. All right. Well, that's the Coach Harvey Hyde. Follow him on Twitter, at Coach Harvey Hyde. Or go to his website, HarveyHyde.com. Thanks again, Coach, for coming on. Thanks, buddy. Be good. All have right. a good summer, everyone. All right. Thanks so much to everybody for tuning into the Peristyle Podcast. We're going to have tried to recruiting one this week. We'll have our Tunnel Vision show Wednesday night. Uh, Dan Weber and Keely Yor will be on Tuesday, most likely. Uh, I'll have my Pac-12 podcast coming up. Lots of podcasts if you want to check them out. So hopefully you're tuning in on any podcasting app you have. Give us a positive review, five-star rating, all that stuff. We do appreciate it. But thanks so much for listening, and we will talk to you next time. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store.